We live in a time where the expectations for young people are low at best. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul encouraged Timothy to not be looked down on for his age, and we want to discuss how we can set an example in what we believe, think, say, and do. We believe that God is calling each of us to greater maturity in our faith, and we hope that you'll join us in thinking through what this looks like today. I'm Alec. And I'm Trey. This is Despise for Youth. I never really like went to downtown very much at all. Uh, I had some friends who would try and bring me there, and mm-hmm. I had one friend in particular who, who was always saying, "Oh, we need to go there!" Like before we all graduate and leave or whatever. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do that." And I really didn't want to. I was not really a a fan of going out. I just really mm-hmm. didn't see the point. But it just goes to show you, this is a very clear segue. <laughs> the type of friends you have are gonna. They're going to put you in situations that are going to influence you as a person, all, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. That's... So if that wasn't a, a really obvious segue, <laughs> we have officially started recording the third podcast. How do you feel, Trey? Uh, tired. You feel tired? Uh, yes. You do seem a little tired tonight. Yeah. I worked out last night uh, and took pre-workout at 8 o'clock, which is never a good idea. PM? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm just tired, because then I had to get up early this morning and work out again. Since I had to. Well, I couldn't work out right now, so I knew. That's true. Yeah, had to get it in. We uh, we all have things that we have to live with. Suffer mm. in silence, you or must... suffer on your podcast. That's true. You must work out pretty hard when you work out, because I went to the gym today, too. Tori and I both went, and I forgot that I went until we were talking just now. <laughs> My back hasn't let me know that, or let me forget that I went this morning. So it's, but I have to, my trainer writes workouts for me and I'm expected to do a certain number of workouts on my own. It's like homework. Basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's serious. (laughs) Serious work for serious results. I guess so. Um, Well, this podcast, we're kind of continuing in what we did before. Uh, The first episode, we talked about the local church, and we covered a couple different areas, one being teaching. Uh, I think we talked about worship, and we also talked about accountability. Last week, for the second podcast, we we went over uh, what you should look for in teaching to see whether or not it's good. Mm-hmm. And this week we're kind of we're kind of continuing more on the accountability side of things. We're going to talk more specifically about uh how should our faith impact our friendships? Uh maybe some people are new to the faith and they have all these friends that they're kind of carrying into whatever new life they're living now or maybe you've been a Christian since uh the time you were I don't know, really young, when you were just first learning, well, no, not first learning words, I don't know, this is getting, this is getting a bit, a bit hairy here, but since you were really young, either way, friends are just kind of an inevitable part of life, and would you believe it, uh, faith actually has something to say about it, the Bible kind of informs us about how we should live with those friendships. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of something sarcastic to say there, but I'm tired. That's and that's nice of you to sarcasm. alleviate the sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> I recently had this revelation about sarcasm. Um, I won't say too much about it, but it's kind of... I think it's going to make its way into a, a video I plan to make in the future. You know, 
my shameless plug in your other projects. Well, I wasn't going to, but uh, Alec with a C on YouTube, go there for wholesome, family-friendly entertainment that kind of gives you a clue into just how much time I have when I'm not working. <laughs> and anyways, uh, sometimes Tori goes to work and she leaves me alone all day. And things end up on YouTube. Yep. But sarcasm's kind of like sriracha sauce. You know, when you first find sriracha sauce, you're like, ooh, it's it's, it's zingy. It, 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 ooh, it makes my food all exciting. But then uh, there's a problem if you, like, squirt it on everything. And the, the curse of being in middle school is everything is sarcastic all the time. Yes. I remember Goodness. in middle school, my, my mom told me, uh, well... She didn't necessarily tell me, but I, I got in trouble for sarcasm a lot. And mm. uh, I made a comment at one point that I was just, like, good at sarcasm and, like, you can't really be mad at me. And she's like, well, like, you're going to be so good one day. Like, people aren't going to know that you're being sarcastic. And that kind of has come to fruition in some circumstances where mm -hmm. I make a joke and I just get blank stares because nobody knew I was joking. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can relate. I think I was pretty heavy on the sarcasm when I was younger. And some people will be like, oh, oh not sarcastic anymore. Well, guess what? You just were sarcastic right there. So <laughs> how about a taste of your own medicine, you <laughs> hypocrites? Uh, but back to the topic at hand. Today, we're going to be talking about friendships. And mm -hmm. I think the best place to start is what is a friend? And it, it sounds like a, a silly question when you think about it, but it makes sense that we have to we have to question uh, our presuppositions, just the things we assume about everything. We need to think about what actually makes someone a friend and what that word means, because people throw that that word everywhere. You know, I think it's kind of a trope in uh, movies and TV shows and anime, like my friends. You know, stay away from my friends. No one hurts my friends. Um, so, what is a friend? Well, I have 1,100 of them on Facebook, so... Do you really? No. Oh, because no. that, that was impressive, honestly. I have, like, 400, I think. I think I might have 300. Hmm. But, you know, just kind of thinking of where that word gets misused and saying mm -hmm. that you have, you know, these people have 4,000 friends on Facebook. Well, you don't have 4,000 friends. You have 4,000 people who you annoy with your cat posts, but... Um... Hey. <laughs> Uh, I have a quote from Paul Washer that I always think about when friendship comes up. And I know we're talking about just friends in general, so his verbiage is a little different. But it says, your best friend is the one who tells you the most truth. Um, so in my mind, that kind of sums up the way that I view a friend. A, a friend is someone with whom you share some common interests or skills or activities but then also who cares about your well-being as a person mm -hmm. um i think without the caring for you the person isn't necessarily a friend maybe more of an acquaintance right i think i think you pretty much hit the key point there which is a friend is kind of a someone who is like your ally in this cold harsh world <laughs> or whatever i don't know uh it's someone who is kind of like on your side, someone you connect with, you relate to, uh, just someone who you consider yourself associated with on a real level. Mm -hmm. you, I'm sure we all have acquaintances, 
but there is a difference between an acquaintance and a friend where an, an acquaintance is probably someone you know but a friend is someone who you you spend time with who knows things about you and there's just kind of a deeper relationship there it's kind of hard to pin down exactly what a friend is i would say yeah and i would even say that like friends and acquaintances can be somewhat fluid um now at a certain point i think you will become so close to someone who is a friend that that will never necessarily go away like you'll still always care for one another but there have been times in my life where the people whom i was closest to at that time are now pretty much just acquaintances and i guess that could be an indictment of we weren't necessarily great friends or even friends at that time we just happened to spend a majority of our time together because um, there are still our people that I was very close to for a while and for one reason or another I don't speak to them much or see them anymore but I still care about their well-being to the point where if they called me out of the blue I might think it's kind of weird but I'd be willing to help them if they asked mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you say that at my at my work uh, yesterday, there was a a young guy who was uh, he was telling us about this problem that he had with some of his friends, I guess. I think he called him his crew and I'm not trying to be funny. I think he called them his crew Mm -hmm. and he was he was what he what he said isn't really appropriate for radio or podcasts or anything but basically uh he he had a a girlfriend or a, a, i don't know some some girlfriend and there were there were some different things that went on and he felt betrayed and and like lied to her or whatever uh something along those lines i say or whatever because it was a very messy situation and the biggest impression i got was you are all in the wrong no one no one is just the victim here you all are it's it's crazy but he he considered these people his friends even though they were terrible to him and they they really weren't there for his well-being so it, it it's kind of it's kind of odd that we can have people we we view one way like that but i think what you said about friends is is a bit more a bit more fitting for what a friend is expected to be where someone who's on your side someone who's loyal and and really cares about you so i think we'll get into that a bit tonight so if that's what a friend is, the next question, of course, is uh, why do we have friends? I mean, does everyone have friends? Do only some people have friends? Uh, spoiler alert, everyone, it seems, has friends in some way. I, the, you know, there are some outliers where, you know, you know it's sad. But <laughs> why is it that friendship is such a universal concept to the not to sound like a Discovery Channel documentary, but why is uh, why is friendship so endemic to the human experience? Wow. Well, can you dumb your question down for a uh, second? Why do <laughs> we all have friends, y'all? <laughs> that was offensive because uh, yeah, I am right. from the country. <laughs> you know what? Y'all is a is a good word. I will. I'm sorry. Y'all's a. <laughs> y'all's a. We said we said you guys up north, and that's too clunky. Y'all is just it's smooth. It's clean. It gets the job done. I mean, I, I try to say you know you all or everything and it just it doesn't work well like it's just y'all yeah. is yes um but no i i think not to get ahead of where i wanted to go but first and foremost we were created to be in relationship with one another um mm-hmm. you know we were i'm just gonna get ahead and get ahead of myself 
We're created in the image of God. God has eternally existed in the Trinity in perfect relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That's the image that we were created in. Because um, you know, we're not created in a physical image of God. <clears throat> he is Spirit, therefore we cannot look like Him. But in our attributes as people, um, that is where we are created like Him. Being, He is a relational God, therefore we are relational beings. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have this view of friendships are things that we as humans do. It's like a human idea, but it's really not. Like you said, it's something that God has established. And the first thing I can think of is uh, in Genesis 2.18, where it says, uh, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, my Awana's kids will, will be quick to say, Hey, Alec, that's a verse about the creation of woman. Well, You'll be happy to know the principle still applies that people are not created to be alone. So I, I think that was, uh, yeah. to re- reference last podcast, not eisegesis. <laughs> we're in the clear. Carry on, Alec. Thank you. Anyways, uh, we're created to, to be in relationship with other people, and that does take the form of friendships. So because God created it, he has dominion over it, mm-hmm. so to speak, and uh he has things that he says about it, which are uh, undoubtedly true. And, you know, that's kind of the big question of today is what does God say about our friendships and how should that affect what we, what we do with them, how we think about them. And, and I think you started off at, at just the perfect place where, first of all, we're created for them. So mm-hmm. uh, you might say, I'm an introvert. I like cats and, and dogs and my garden, but I don't want to, I don't want to be around other people. And as a person who sometimes feels that way, uh, I can sympathize, but that's not the answer. We're, we're not created to be solitary people who don't relate to other humans. We are, we are intended to be with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with, from time to time, wanting to spend some time on your own. I think that's perfectly natural. But I think that you know, you, you can find people who, because they care about you, one, they want to spend time with you, and two, they can recognize or respect the fact that you want to spend some time by yourself and let you do that and just, you know, say, you know, as long as there's nothing crazy going on and you just want to hang out in your room all day, like, that's fine. Like, we'll do something another time. But, man, if there's something going on, let me know because I care about you. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just, uh, okay, well, yeah, you go do your thing and, you know, we'll be over here when you want to get your act together. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, how are how are you and Melanie as far as introversion and extroversion? Because when Tori and I uh, were, I guess when we were learning that about each other, we definitely discovered that I'm more of an introvert and she's far more of an extrovert than I am. And I'd say I'm somewhere near the middle, but I, I do like regular times where I can just be alone and um, I don't know what it is. It's kind of the whole recharge your batteries sort of thing. But I think she said before that she could just be around people nonstop all day and that would be great, but I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that sounds absolutely miserable to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Melanie and I both tend to be a little more introverted like as a rule of thumb, but then when it comes down to those whom we consider close friends or even one another, we're a little more like we want company. Uh, I mean, we've been married 
a little over a year now, coming up on I think 14 months. And there's been one time where it's like, no, like I just want to have some time to myself today. Like, let's just like, not saying like, get out of the house. I don't want you here, but just kind of like, no, like don't feel bad about you've got something going on because now I can just sit here at home and like not have to worry about anybody else and play my Mm -hmm. video games or read a book or whatever I want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. I can kind of see that with, with you both. Um, you probably could have guessed that from me and Tori, too. Yeah, I mean, there were some clues along the way. <laughs> yep, yep. So we can't, you know, say this is the reason why God made us to be in relationships. But I think one thing we can note is uh, relationships have kind of two big purposes. Maybe you can think of another, but I can definitely think relationships uh, are important because they keep us in accountability with other people where if you are living your life in a way that exposes you to other people and you're around other people your life is uh, apparent uh, in a sense you live in a glass house people can address things that come up we talked about that in episode episode one our first podcast and that's really important because a lot of times we don't see things that come up in our life and being alone can be very dangerous because we're we're susceptible to all sorts of uh all sorts of lies and and deceit and i think being alone kind of snowballs that i think there there tends to be the thought that big big atrocious uh evil sins like adultery or or like selling drugs or uh, you know killing someone it, it it comes from someone's just bad you know they're they're all they've always been bad but more realistically with with believers we can fall into that sin and we need to be aware of that we need to have that humility that we are only preserved from those sins by God's grace and uh, when we're not around other people, we're susceptible to that. And it starts as a as something small. It starts very small. And it it kind of spirals. And, and, and it snowballs out of control. And that's how those things end up. Where it's revealed that a pastor has to step down from his post because uh, he's been having an affair. Or, um, well, and no need to list examples. But uh, having accountability kind of prevents that from happening. I know there are certain people in my life who would say something if if those sorts of things came about and they they caught wind of it and and that would be for my good i definitely think you're right you know just thinking about that i remember talking to my best man before we got married and it's one of those like we're having a conversation i was like you know the most unthinkable thing i think i could ever do is have an affair like i just don't see how i could ever do that right here but i also know i'm a sinful human being who, like, while I am redeemed, I'm there's still the flesh within me. And I think as kind of maybe a cheesy example, I, was it Casting Crowns or Third Day? One of those, you know, contemporary Christian bands back in the mid-2000s had a song. It's called The Slow, or Slow Fade. And it was about mm-hmm. an affair. And it does, like, it, it starts, I feel like it, it is something that starts off small. Like, a, a husband doesn't just wake up one day and is like, I'm going to go sleep with another woman. Like it starts with like, Oh, maybe like you talk to somebody in the office or like now, like maybe people our age, like, Oh, like somebody on Instagram, like you like her pictures and then you comment Mm -hmm. back and forth and then you see each other at the gym. And I mean, kind of just, it builds. And then 
all of a sudden you're at this place that's like I never thought I would be here. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a more recent song, uh, "The Art of Drifting" by KB, which is if you're into hip hop, I think it's a much better song than "Slow Fade." But personal preference, same same idea. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you have a friend who is there and can start to see like, well, like who is this girl that you're texting or you know, I saw you talking to this girl at the gym. Like, what's up with that? Like, they hold you accountable, and mm-hmm. I mean, we need that. Yeah. So I think another big thing that friendships exist for is they they function in a way that helps us build each other up. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone is given complete knowledge of of really anything. To be honest, I mean, maybe you have some niche interests that you know more about than anyone else. But as far as wisdom of life and experience are concerned no one's going to have the whole picture and being being in relationships with other people allows you to share that with each other and and build on each other i mean i think most most people will be familiar with the the proverb as iron sharpens iron so one man uh sharpens another i feel like i said iron 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 oh goodness anyways (laughs) I sorry I just ruined that moment but we all know that verse and I think that's a great picture of how being around each other uh and just, and sharing our lives together is is an opportunity for us to encourage and and teach each other. Yeah. And I think like that's a really good verse. You know, we'll get to it later on, but just the idea that sometimes these relationships are difficult and that's a good thing and it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say that just because a friendship is always easy that it's not truly a friendship or it's a bad relationship, but if someone really cares about you, they're going to be willing to have those hard conversations. Yeah, and those are the kinds of conversations that acquaintances aren't going to have, that you need a good friend who you know cares about you and who is willing to do that, and that's part of what makes them a good friend, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with those uh, those being the two biggest functions of a friendship. And, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of the spoiler guy because this is something we'll get into later. But I think a third area that isn't as big as uh, accountability and encouragement, which is kind of, you know, what you talked about. I think evangelism is a big reason for mm-hmm. friendship. But we'll talk more specifically yeah. about that later mm-hmm. on. Now, I want to bring up a verse that, again, I think a lot of people will be familiar with, but it kind of illustrates this point and segues us into the, the next big idea. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this. Oh, and by the way, I'm reading from the ESV. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's kind of two things here. Uh, Like we talked about, consider how to stir up one another in good works and not neglecting to meet with each other. So that's kind of the two big things. We we need to be in relationship and we need to be uh, actively participating in this relationship. And another big implication I think the Bible has on friendships is that our friendships are not primarily about taking and receiving, but about giving to other people. One piece of advice I end up giving out a lot at my work is you should be looking at your friendships not only as I'm receiving from this, but I am giving because 
I even though even though a lot of the people I talk to aren't uh, Christian or have no biblical related convictions at all i still think that's a solid piece of wisdom where if you're going into any friendship or or even like a a marriage or dating relationship and your main focus is what am i going to get out of this every time that you don't receive something that you expect to receive or that you want to receive conflict is going to arise and and having that mindset of i want this and this is what i deserve is only going to cause problems. But if you look at your friends as people who you can bless and who you can serve, uh, you're, you're just in a lot better position. You're going to have more peaceful relationships. They're probably going to be more fulfilling. And also that's what we're called to um, based on what scripture says. Yeah, and that's completely, completely true. Um, I think it's also a good way to judge the... Uh, depth or validity of that friendship because if that is your intention or your mindset to be serving the other person if they are someone who is just taking in the relationship you'll be able to see that and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to like cut them off but you know you try to talk to them about it and that might be the end of the relationship because Mm -hmm. you know you're all of a sudden making it difficult and why would you ruin a good thing and I mean, by the end of the day, it's only good for them um, because while it's not our first focus in a relationship to be uh, receiving from the other person, when we understand the function of a relationship that we help them, they help us, not necessarily a one-to-one, like, I did this for you, now you do it for me. It's not transactional. But if they're never helping you and they never show that they care, well, they're not really a friend and you Mm. need to reevaluate. I I sadly hear a lot of people at my work uh, talk about how everyone is trying to use them and everyone just wants things from them. And um, in case any of our listeners aren't aware, I work primarily with people who are uh, sufferers of mental health issues. And that kind of puts them in a more vulnerable spot a lot of times. And some of them really can't tell if someone is being nice to them because they they care about them and want to be their friend or if it's because they're trying to get something from them and i just think it's very sad that there are people out there who their only experience with other people is uh people pretend to be my friends so they can get something from me and i, and I try i try to tell them you know if that's if that's the impression you're getting you know those aren't real friends that's not what friendship is like mm-hmm. um one question I have for you, Trace, can you think of any friends that you you have that kind of started out as people you didn't really want to associate with or someone who you didn't really connect with at first? Hmm. Um, well, probably the most obvious example would probably be you. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. Ooh. We, and not that I didn't want to, but... Shot through the heart. I think about... And we've talked about this recently. When we went to the same church, we used to do a Wednesday night kind of unofficial dinner at a Mexican restaurant that did dollar tacos. And it was always kind of just an understood thing. We'd send out an email, confirm who was coming or not. And then there was the one night where it was just you and I. Yep, I remember that. (laughs) I didn't really know you that well. And it was the most awkward thing I think I've subjected myself to, and I don't know how long. It wasn't um, that bad. Maybe not for you, but for me, it all right, was all right. terrible. <laughs> um, and and all that to say, it wasn't necessarily that 
I didn't like you or I didn't see myself being friends with you. But at that point, I was just like, I don't, I have nothing to talk about. Yeah. This feels forced. And we weren't really on each other's radars at that point. No, not at all. And fast forward from then to now, and we're doing a podcast. Episode three. <laughs> yes. Episode yeah. three. I can think of a couple people. Uh, well, really, just over the course of my life, it's been a couple people who I didn't really care much for, and I probably was maintaining the friendship because I, I wanted to be nice, but uh, a couple of them ended up becoming some some of my better friends, and I think the thing that made that happen was I, I tried as much as I could to adopt the mindset, I have my things that make me difficult for certain other people, maybe these people have some things that are difficult for me, but the most loving thing to do is try and overlook those as much as possible. And I think the reason I feel particularly convicted about that is I, I just imagine there are people out there who are just quirky and there are too many others out there who aren't willing to overlook that. And that's just sad because we all have our thing and some for some of us, it's just below the surface and, and we don't really let it out until we're in some sort of friendship. Like I can think of friends who seem totally normal. Uh, my dad always said, everyone's normal until you get to know them. I think I think he took that quote from somewhere. But I can think of friends who I had that seemed normal and then all of a sudden you get to know them well and you're like, wow, they lie all the time or you know anything else. But uh, we need to be looking to our friendships to be giving and, and overlooking faults because that ultimately is the most Christ-like thing to do because Christ's relationship with us is that he overlooked our sin and that's kind of the motivation we're supposed to take into our friendships. I might, I think I want to nitpick for a second. All right, nitpick away. So I would argue that our two, I would argue that in fulfilling the role or function of accountability and relationship, we definitely overlook the quirks to a person. Um, you know, if we have weird social tics or, you know, I might have a weird phrase that I just interject or, you know, just weird things like that or quirky, not weird. Um, but, you know, like you said, line, like if someone's lying, they need to be called out on it. Like that's right. not something like if we're going to be friends with this person, we don't just let that go. We just say, Hey man, you're lying. Like this right. is wrong. You need to repent. And so I would say like, things like that, like <laughs> while the model that Christ put forward was, you know, ultimately that he was going to redeem us. And I don't even know if it's real like, good to say he overlooked our sins because our sins weren't passed over. Uh, they were, put on him and he suffered the full wrath of God for them. So they just weren't overlooked. They were dealt with. So I think I'm just going to say, yeah, I kind of disagree with that. Well, I think we're probably getting into more uh, phrasing and semantics. So I, I would probably, I think we probably align on this um, <laughs> to be more specific. Quirks you should definitely overlook because most of the time those stem from problems you have with being patient with another person or pride that yes. you have about yourself that you think people who you consider lesser, uh, you know, don't measure up and they should treat you differently. Um, I would agree that if someone's maybe compulsively lying, you need to call them out on it. Uh, I, I talk sometimes that I lose track of what I'm saying, <laughs> but 
and another interesting point on that is if you're in a friendship and you you aren't willing to do that if you aren't willing to call someone out on an obvious problem that's not the loving thing to do uh i mean ultimately we can always look to christ's example for uh how to be loving in a friendship and Romans 15, 1 through 2 says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Some of that means if someone is, um, you know, maybe just newer in their faith or less self-controlled or something, and they, they hurt us in ways, we should we should try and take the initiative to forgive them, especially if they repent, especially, um, and build them up by doing so and, and encouraging them. But then again, if someone is caught in sin, it would be unloving to not address that. So it kind of it kind of falls into discernment, and I, I think it's it's pretty clear to tell you know what what a person's fault is, whether or not it's something that is actually serious, or whether or not it's something that we can we can forgive and move on with and be loving in doing that. Yeah. Does that sound more like we're uh, yeah, we're yeah. on the same line here? <laughs> yeah, I I can get behind that. Um... And I think when it comes to calling someone out, I don't calling someone out. That sounds, sounds aggressive. Harsh. Yeah, when it comes to taking an issue to a friend that you see, so you know, we've talked about lying. So you know, you want to go to your friend who is showing a pattern of lying. If you choose not to do that, ultimately you're just saying that I prefer to be comfortable rather than bring up a situation that may or may not cause conflict and exactly you're just you're being selfish i mean plain and simple right exactly i think uh i mean again you know you can say it till you're blue in the face modeling christ's example in a friendship is the is the best way to go john 15 12 through 13 yeah you've noticed i'm i'm very prepared with the scripture this week i was a little bit convicted last week about how how prepared you were with scripture so this week i'm very prepared john 15 12 through 13 says this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends and um latter part of that is a little more specific but uh, the big part about that is we are supposed to love others like Christ loved us. And that means uh, we model his discipline, not to say that we have the authority to discipline anyone, you know, that we can invoke that divine discipline. But if someone is, uh, is caught in sin and they're not, they're not being challenged with that, the loving thing to do is to say, Hey, that's, you know, that's not okay. And I care about you. And I don't want that because that's exactly how God disciplines us. He disciplines us because he loves us and he cares about us. It's not punishment or, uh, retribution or anything like that and mm -hmm. uh, the same goes with forgiveness God forgives us because he loves us and he has you know he's made a way for that to be righteous and like like you said earlier Christ has paid the complete punishment that we deserved and, and bore all of God's wrath so we forgive in a generous way because we've been forgiven in a generous way again it's all just modeling Christ yeah definitely I mean that makes me think of another uh, verse in Philippians where Paul tells us to have this mind in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, who basically being equal with God did not consider that something to hold on to, but laid that aside in order to come in the form of a human, um, being human, not just a form of a human. He was human. This isn't modalism. Um, and 
so he laid aside everything he had as the second person of the Trinity to be made in the, as a human. Um, that's if that's not the most unselfish thing that's ever been done. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally have God became man. That's um, it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, that is the model that's set forth in Christ, and yeah, that's exactly what we're supposed to, you know do in our own relationships right and i and i want to make it known that trey just recited that from memory and it wasn't word perfect uh you know i have to i have to call you out on that but um (laughs) to be fair that verse is written on a post-it note and taped not just posted but taped to the mirror in my bathroom and i still did not have that memorized so uh again hats off to you trey good job as always so I want to bring up a third area that I think the Bible specifically addresses uh, in regards to our friendships, and that is that who we surround ourselves with really affects how we are and who we become. And I think the best book that has anything to say about this has got to be the book of Proverbs. There is so much in there about uh, those who surround themselves with fools or uh, evil people are going to become like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny enough, I didn't actually have anything written down from Proverbs uh, for this. Are you serious? I did have something from Proverbs for the last point that I never got to, but it still applies. Um, Yeah, and Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. So this idea that like you can have a lot of people around you, but if those people around you aren't quality relationships they're going to lead to ruin. So it's better to have one person who's closer even than family, who's going to encourage you, hold you accountable, do these things, than have your 1,200 Facebook friends who just lead you into sin. Right. Yeah, I, I can think of uh, Proverbs 13.20, which says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm, which is kind of the same idea. I think um, that kind of speaks more about Having a good friend is better than having a lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I often ask people at my work um, just kind of about the same thing. Think of all your friends. If you suddenly were in the hospital and you, you just really needed someone, who out of your entire list of friends would drop everything and come and, and be with you and help you however you needed? And uh, that's, that's how you know you have like a friend as described in that proverb, that person who's uh, who's concerned about your good and not just kind of a cursory friend who's just, um, yeah, just not a not a cursory friend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and now that you've called me out on you know completely missing the point of what we're talking about and my verse being off theme. Um, well, I feel harsh now. <laughs> good friends, that's what you do. Yeah, you're, you're right. Out. You're right. <laughs> um, I mean, the I have a verse that. Not from Proverbs, but 1 Corinthians 15.33, uh, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. Um, well, that's, I've always, such a, that's a good one right there. Yes, and I, I do have to give, or I would like to quote a pastor um, that I grew up under, uh, Paul Osteen, so that's the, the source, uh, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Yeah. And that was his, or he may have taken it from somewhere else, but that's who I heard say it. Um, which I, is a pretty good summary of that. So, like I said, I know it's not Proverbs, but 
I think that's kind of more what we're going for here. Right. Have you heard the the expression, uh, crabs in a bucket? Well, it kind of more is illustrated by a story, but it's the idea that if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, one will try to climb out, but all the other crabs are going to pull it down. So, like, if you surround yourself with people who are, uh, you know, not pursuing, I guess, righteous living or even productive living, uh, to, to be even more general... Um, they're going to drag you down as well, even if you're trying to get out of that. And that's something you see a lot, especially with uh, really sad situations like drug addiction. Um, if you have friends who are, are doing drugs all the time, it's going to be really hard to quit. And they're they're not going to like it if you quit. It's going to seem judgmental to them. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories like that. I, I specifically remember the dogs with fleas. Although... I have to say, I really associate it with a certain episode of Hannah Montana, so I'm not real fond of it. I never watched Hannah Montana. Well, so. bless your bless your heart, I guess. <laughs> aren't you Aren't you a fortunate soul? Um, another proverb I have is uh, Proverbs twenty two twenty four through twenty five says, "Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare." Um, we see so much in proverbs and and all over the bible you know with uh, the first corinthians verse and there are more of course that bad company corrupts good character and you know who you spend your time with is going to change you um one 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 story from scripture i always think of in regards to this is in second samuel 13 do you know the story of absalom and tamar uh, no, I think the only story I know of Absalom is with the donkey. If that's the same uh, person. I'm pretty sure that's different. Oh, okay. <laughs> but basically Absalom is in love with his half-sister Tamar, and he uh, he gets really bad advice from a friend, and then he ends up like raping his half-sister, and it just does not end well. And uh, it's not the main point of that parable, but uh, one time I heard it, taught in a youth group i think it wasn't even my youth group uh that you know this guy on the side this friend like he gave terrible advice but since absalom that was the person that he went to for wisdom on this you know he ended up making a really bad decision it's not the sole reason but it certainly is an influence so Mm -hmm. what do you think this all kind of says about how we should view our friendships uh specifically this third point I mean, we should take them seriously. I mean, that's our friendships dictate, or I won't say they dictate, our friendships indicate more or less what the direction of our life is going to be. Like who you, who you surround yourself with, it's going to determine for better or worse, for the most part, who you are as a person. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what all these verses have been saying so. yeah i have to think that if we had uh, a good understanding of exactly how limited our lives are um, we would probably allocate our time with friends a little more wisely like if we knew exactly how many days we had left to live um, that should affect things like if you were on vacation for example if you were going to say a beach uh, where there's just a lot of trash it was really crowded um you would probably think, you know, we only have so many days of vacation. I'm not going to spend my time here. It's, it's, you know, it's miserable here. 
but we don't do that with our friendships as much. We don't think I only have so many days to live and, and every day I spend is either, you know, bringing me further into wisdom and, and, uh, and just better equipped to live righteously, or it's putting me the other way. I, it's just, it's crazy that we, we just, for some reason, can't register that on a daily basis. I mean, I certainly can't, mm-hmm. uh, I think. And um, it just makes me wonder, you know, why is that so difficult? But Yeah, and I I don't necessarily think it's a matter that we can't, but I know for myself, like, I just have never thought it, of it that way. Um, I don't even know if I've ever heard it spoken of that way, but that's such a, a good point that, yeah, I mean, why would you... If we somehow knew the amount of time that we had left, why would we choose to spend, you know, a majority of that time or even a large portion of that time with people who are ultimately going to drag us down? And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not, it's not a good decision. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to think about on a daily basis though. Mm-hmm. So we talked about three main areas uh, on which the Bible has some big implications. And those areas are, we are meant to have relationships. That's part of what we're created for. That's part of the way we are created. Secondly, uh, friendships are primarily about uh, giving. Uh, In other words, we're meant to go about our relationships in a Christ-like way. That's the way we are called to live as believers. And thirdly, we're supposed to be careful about who we surround ourselves with. Um, now, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but there is room for friendships with unbelievers, believe it or not. Uh, part of that is through evangelism. Um, so how do you kind of walk that line? How do you find a balance between uh, not wanting to surround yourself with people who aren't also pursuing pursuing God and, and trying to uh, grow in righteousness and wisdom and, and also having that balance of wanting to give yourself opportunities for evangelism. To me, it's a matter of understanding the the purpose of that relationship would then dictate the nature of that relationship. So if I know that by being friends with this person, I ultimately want to see them come to faith in Christ, I need to be doing things in that relationship t- that will that God can use to bring that about. Um, Ultimately, we should understand that condoning someone's sin or taking part in that sin with them is not by our own wisdom is not going to bring them to Christ. Um, You know, if we happen to do that because we're weak and we give into temptation at some point, you know, God can still use that um, if that person is going to come to faith in Christ. But for as far as we know and what we're responsible for, we should never be partaking in that. And not that we should be casting judgment on them and, and telling them that they're just wretched, but we should love them in a way that shows that we care for them and we know there's something better for them. I mean, we talk about Christ being the model. He spent enough time with sinners for the Pharisees to accuse him of the same things that they were, that these, you know, sinners and non-Jewish people were doing. 
but we know that he wasn't because he wasn't sinning. Uh, he was ultimately wanting them to be in relationship with himself. So what better way than to actually develop relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the balance comes from our intentions. Uh, I think the weakness of a lot of Christians, especially on the younger side, is we don't we don't really view our relationships as being uh, intentional or important. We kind of just view them as being things that we do for our own enjoyment, where they're just people we enjoy being around. And that's part of the reason why you have a lot of shallow friendships, because they're they're just gone about in a way that's supposed to be about feeling good. And so when something comes up that doesn't cause you to feel good, like confront uh, confrontation, um, it just doesn't doesn't register. But if we have that intentional mindset of my my Christian friends are for accountability, encouragement, and you know, of course, there is enjoyment. A lot of my friends, you know, we we do fun things. Mm-hmm. We don't just don't just sit around and talk about the Bible all the time. Because um, that's not fun. Yeah, the Bible's not fun. Come on, guys. <laughs> Except Bible Man for the NES, uh, I think. Uh, anyway, no, it's not for the NES. Anyways, I tried to make a joke. It didn't work. Anyways, uh, and our our friendships with non-Christians, we need to view as essentially being outreach. We need, we need to view them as I am either trying to share the gospel or I'm showing this person I care about them so that I, I have the uh, authority to share the gospel later. And that's one of the, the great blessings that friendship has is the more time you spend with someone, you you earn trust and you show I care about this person and and of course you're not going to start out caring about someone sometimes you have to get to know a person and then you begin to care about them and uh, that gives you both the authority to share the gospel and say I'm doing this because I care about you because that's essentially what sharing the gospel is it's it's a message of love it's good news and you share good news because you you want that person to benefit from it but it also gives you the, uh, well, it equips you to be able to do that in a loving way because it's hard to show love to someone you know nothing about and you have no basis for loving. And of course, we have the, the basis of Christ, you know, loved us and, and we, should, we should love all unbelievers and have that sympathy of, um, of not wanting them to suffer God's wrath. But knowing someone specifically makes that more possible. It just makes that more real, the mm-hmm. love that we can have for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there is like a a general love that you can have for people in the sense of like, you are a human, you are created in the image of God. I don't want to see anything bad happen to you. But then there is a whole other level when I know you personally and I know who you are, what you struggle with, um, and I care about you on a personal level, when I see things happen to you, that hits me a lot harder than if it was someone that I just don't know at all. Yeah, yeah, and that's just the way we are. I mean, Mm -hmm. God made us to have relationships, and and he works through them. That's kind of the amazing thing. We all have, uh, we really have no excuse if (laughs) if we say we never get a chance to share the gospel, because if you have friends who aren't Christians, it, it should be able to come up. Um, it might not be every conversation. Uh, it probably shouldn't be every conversation. I don't know if that would go well. That would probably mm-hmm. just 
wouldn't be wise, but we should be looking at these friendships as opportunities we've been given to glorify God and to share the gospel with them and, and show them that love. And sometimes that means saying, hey, have you, you know, seen what's on the news lately? Like, man, that just goes to show like how bad people can get. Hey, that reminds me of the Bible message. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that's a bit of an oversimplification, but mm-hmm. um, gospel can come up. And it should come up and we should, you know, look for ways to do that with our unbelieving friends. And um, because ultimately, you know, that's that's why we have uh, friends who are unbelievers. God grants us those opportunities. He gives us those relationships as uh, opportunities to be participants in what he's doing on earth to, you know, grow his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think like one thing that comes to mind that's. I don't say it's off topic, but it's kind of in maybe the way that this plays out practically is, you know, we want to be people who we're not hypocrites in the sense of like, we are always the same person. We're not putting on a show depending on who we're around. But I also think there is some wisdom in the way that we talk to and talk about things of Christianity and of our faith with non-believers versus believers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm sitting here talking to you, even recording this podcast, I might say some kind of sarcastic, biting things about, you know, things I don't agree with or things I find funny. Like, you know, not that I find like false teaching funny. That would be something I don't agree with, but I might make a sarcastic comment about, you know, someone who's starting to, spouse an old heresy or something Mm -hmm. yeah only the bible's fun false teaching not fun yes yes that's true um but if i'm talking to an unbeliever and maybe they they read something from this guy who's starting to put out some heresy like i'm i don't need to make a sarcastic comment to him about it i need to lovingly say well like you know actually scripture's our authority here's what scripture says like this is what true christianity is that's going to be more beneficial than, you know, be me making just some smart aleck comment to him. Yeah. Um, and I just say that because I feel like there's, like I said, there's this idea that we always have to do things the same way and that every single situation has to be handled exactly the same. And, and I, I, I don't know, I just don't think that's true. Um, mm-hmm. You you have to have some wisdom in those relationships. Yeah. Paul talks about being all things to all people. And mm-hmm. I think that's where some of that comes in is we're, you know, we're not, we're not like a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think that's just common sense, but I'm sure there's, for the sticklers out there, there are, I think you could biblically support that as well. Yeah. I think this is a good conversation to have. And, uh, especially just to remind us to th- rethink our own friendships and the other relationships we have with those around us. Um, it's good to be reminded that we should be, uh, intentionally pursuing encouragement and accountability in our, our Christian friendships. And um, it sounds boring, but it's, it's really fulfilling, I, th- I think. And um, with our with our unbelieving friends, trying to think more intentionally about how we can have those gospel conversations, I think that's also, also more fulfilling. And it, it's just what we're called to. And um, so just talking about this, thinking about it is, is really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think like, intention being intentional is the 
the right way to think about it. Because on the one hand, with your Christian friends, you're probably, I mean, this isn't the rule. So this isn't every single relationship out there. But I know for me, like, I'm, I feel like unless I just bring it up or like I go to someone and talk to them, like, hey, like, you know, I would like for you to kind of hold me accountable or whatever. Like, you have to kind of put that out there and, and see what they say. And it, and I don't know, maybe I'm off base with that. But I feel like you need to seek that out and actually vocalize it to those that you are close with. That, like, that's what you're looking for. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. But then with, you know, your non-Christian friends, you're probably not going to go up to them and just be like, I want to spend time with you to tell you about Jesus. Like, it's probably not what you're going to do. Your actions might show that to them and maybe they stop spending time with you. Maybe they don't, you know, see what happens. But yeah, I think you just need to be intentional more specifically with your Christian friends vocally uh, to know like this is kind of the expectation. Like maybe not tell them I expect this from our relationship, but like, ask them like please like keep me accountable or like maybe say like you're struggling with seeing how you're doing anything right and like can you show me something that like you see where i've done it right like not a let me build myself up but i mean people sometimes struggle feeling like they're just not doing anything the right way or yeah so yeah Uh, it's kind of a, a rabbit trail but i definitely agree that you know, there is a, there is a tendency in Christian circles to be like, no, we only point out sin. That's it. We don't want to build it anyone up. That could be pride and that (laughs) pride is bad. So we don't do that. Um, but that, that honestly could be a whole episode on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we've talked this to death probably. I think we've, we've done a, we've done a pretty good job on this. So done a holistic, um, (laughs) There's nothing you ever need to know about friendship that's outside of yeah, this podcast. Honestly, it's comprehensive. It, take the take this transcript, put it through uh, a software, make make a textbook out of it. It's it's got all the information there. It's it, yeah, comprehensive. <laughs> oh man, mm-hmm. Ooh, get serious in here sometimes. I'm I'm warm again. You know, <laughs> I'm not sweating this time, but I am warm. Uh, I mean, I I made. Uh, changes based on the mistakes from episode one and wore a black shirt that way if i was sweating you know, Ooh, no one would notice that's so. good that's an expert move i <laughs> i didn't wear black <laughs> rookie mistake what's been working for you what's been working for me um i've had a few things that i've been thinking about and going back and forth on what i might choose to bring up i think i will go with uh Leah Remini, Escaping Scientology. All right, I'm going to need you to repeat that because I, I did not understand what you just said. <laughs> uh, Leah Remini, Escaping Scientology. So Leah Remini is an actress who, I think her most notable role is the wife on King of Queens, which is the Kevin James sitcom that he got famous from. Uh, and she was an active member of Scientology for years and eventually came out and so she has a show uh, on A&E that for two seasons goes over the abuses and the way that Scientology really just destroys people's lives Uh, and it's it's incredible in the most um, 
kind of serious way that you can use that word. Uh, it's a very well put together show, and just the way that these people who bought into and were all in for this religion um, were in the end destroyed by it. I mean, there have been times I've teared up watching it. It's just, it's hard to watch, but it's incredible. And just kind of to look at some of the stuff that's out there. So, hmm. but now that I've talked about Scientology and this will get put on the internet, you know, they'll probably find us and follow us. And Got good lawyers. <laughs> yes. Did yes. you know uh, John Travolta is a Scientologist and yes. he lives very close to us. Mm-hmm. He probably, uh, for our listeners, he probably lives about, 45, 50 minutes away? Yeah. Something like that? He lives in Ocala, mm-hmm. I think. That's what's been working for me in an oddly serious way. But uh, what about you? What's been working for you? Well, one thing that uh, I've been up to lately is uh, I've been watching Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency with my wife, Tori, and now I'm a big fan of Douglas Adams. I really like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've probably read... I think four out of the six, maybe five out of the six books in that series. Um, It's really good. And he also wrote a book called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And it is now a show on Hulu with two seasons. And I knew Tori would like it if uh, we got into it enough. And eventually she did get into it. And we've been enjoying watching that. Um, not Not the most exciting thing, but... It's 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 been fun in marriage growing and having inside jokes together because mm-hmm. my younger brother and I we were always very close growing up and our senses of humor are just like so aligned and and we just think the same way a lot but the longer that Tori and I are married I think the more we develop our own stuff and and that's just kind of fun because going in into marriage you, you don't really have that but over time you develop it and I think that's just kind of a kind of an expression of that. Uh, just enjoying that show together and having quotes and and jokes that we make based on it you know that sort of thing so i guess more i've been what's been working for me lately is marriage (laughs) and we are within a month of our anniversary oh nice we're coming up on one year well early congratulations thank you late congratulations to you thank you any uh big plans for the anniversary we are you can share with the public yes yes we are going to colorado um nice that's where my my grandparents live and and we will be visiting them and i think seeing a couple friends as well but yeah we have uh some exciting plans it should be good very cool i guess that's it for episode three yeah we did it uh Thanks for listening. We we really appreciate the feedback we've gotten from some of you. Um, please continue to send us your questions or suggestions. Uh, we don't have a question this week, but we did get suggestions from some of you. Uh, please continue to send them to our email, despisedforyouth at gmail.com. That's just the name of the podcast with no spaces at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like us on Facebook and give us a review on iTunes and, and maybe leave a comment, uh, we just really appreciate that. We want to we wanna get our content out to more people. We think we're, uh, we're at least contributing positively to, uh, I guess, Christian culture. I, I think at the very least we can say we are contributing positively. So if you, if you would just help us get this out to more people, maybe share it on Facebook, uh, recommend it to your friends, um, that would just be great. We wanna we wanna encourage people, young young believers around around the world, 
um, to just be strong in their faith and, and be informed. And uh, we, we want you to help us be a part of that. And so if you could, you could help us grow, that would, that would be greatly appreciated. Fully support everything you just said. I have I, nothing to add. I, well, that's convenient. I think next week we might end up doing a suggestion that we got from one of the listeners. Um, I won't say quite yet, but uh, we do take that into account. So if you have a, a topic you'd want us to talk about or if you have a question, please send it to that email. But uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. This has been Alex Podcast with Trey as a co-host. So. <laughs> That's mean. No, come on. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. This podcast contains our opinions on all subjects discussed. All opinions given should be tested against scripture. Church membership, regular attendance, and submission to pastors and or elders is recommended for optimal growth in your faith. If you find yourself relying on podcasters and celebrity pastors as the main source of truth in your life, please repent immediately and consult the nearest Bible.